Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. All right, into the 7 o'clock hour. Um, Ross Tucker is going to join us in the next segment. He just texted us. So he will join us. He was on the sidelines for the Eagles and the San Francisco 49ers yesterday. Or Westwood um, won. I don't like how he just drops in on us every now and then, but we can't rely on him when we ask him to be there. He feels like, uh, feels like frankly, a poor father for us. He's a good father to his own children, <laughs> but yeah. he's a poor father to us. I would say he's like the- that. Uh, he's that FM DJ, that that uh, morning DJ. W O L D. W O L D. The old Harry Chapin the old song. Harry Chapin just drops movie. back into Boise, Idaho after uh, after just being. Being absent for a while. How are the kids doing? They know their dad's a big time DJ. Yeah. Um, How are the kids doing? They know that I'm Ross Tucker. That's <laughs> W T U K. Yeah. All right. Um, head coaching search for the Texans looks like it's going to be D'Amico Ryan's. All signs seem to point to that right now. One of the um, one of the very fun sidebars to D'Amico becoming the the heavy favorite to become the next Texans head coach. That's that's how I'll couch it right now since it's not official. When it gets official, it's going to be really fun. Um, but one thing that's been fun has been watching Denver have to pivot off of, hey, D'Amico's our top prospect, and especially watching people who follow the Broncos, cover the Broncos. Yeah. I did mm-hmm. some Denver radio the last couple of days. They were, at least one of the hosts I went on with was a little incredulous that I thought that the Houston job was a better job than the Denver job, you know? Yeah, yeah. They seem to think there's bonus points involved for John Elway's Super Bowls and Peyton Manning's yeah. Super Bowl. It's yeah. very interesting. I, they're kind of like Lakers. They're kind of like Lakers fans who think that today's 21-year-old gives a damn yeah. about Magic Johnson or anything like that. Right. Like, they like L.A. They like Los Angeles. Yep. They really don't care about the Lakers. They don't. Yeah. They don't. This is where – this was the peak for me. Benjamin Albright – who he he was the one that was really leaning into D'Amico with the Broncos, and I saw him kind of he was getting <laughs> bombarded on Friday because he didn't report that D'Amico was going to the Broncos, and he was kind of falling back on well, I I said it could happen, I said it was still up in the air, but I went and found some reply tweets to Benjamin Albright to tweets of mine and tweets of other people that I was in that string 
where he was telling Texan fans, I think you're going to be very disappointed. You know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like, he was leaning heavily into the Broncos closing the deal with D'Amico, and he was really having to backpedal. It was funny to watch. He, yeah. he was on KOA, which is uh, one of the AM stations up in Denver, on one of their sports shows. This is where they are right now as far as what Bronco fans, the rumors circulating about who might be the next Bronco head coach. Based on the feelers that they put out today, I would say John Gannon, although there's been rumors floating around and, and certainly some fan speculation about the idea of Mike Shanahan coming out as kind of a, a, a bridge coach for a few years. Uh, so that that may be in play. I don't have knowledge of that. But I, I, like I said, I will say they put feelers out to people outside of the current search, and I know John Gannon is one of them, so perhaps that is the name. Okay, that was Friday. Gannon just said on the field yesterday that he's he's going back to Philadelphia next year. The feeling I was getting, it, it felt like this. It felt like people in the Denver organization perhaps felt like, Maybe maybe at some point D'Amico was their favorite if it wasn't going to work out with Peyton or anybody else. And that, that they just assumed that D'Amico was going to, of course, take the Denver job. But it's it, it really is. There's a delusional quality sign. Kind of the same way that, you know, the Lakers, the Lakers fan base goes through this at times, except that they typically don't spend that long in irrelevance. But... Um, it feels like with the Broncos, there are a lot of fans that really don't understand and realize that, like, no, you guys have been a losing team for six seasons, and nobody, nobody, and I'm telling you nobody, even if they're publicly saying that they do, nobody thinks, trusts that Russell Wilson is going to somehow rebound back to what he used to be. Right. Because he really hasn't been what he used to be for several years now. It was just convenient to blame it on Pete Carroll um, or any of the other offensive coordinators that they've had in Seattle. And and that excuse kind of fell by the wayside this year with Geno Smith's I was about to say resurgence. Surgeons. First time he's ever actually had like a first time a, he a, surged. Such a play like that yes. in his in his career. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um Denver has reportedly moved on. They've told the following coaches they're going in a different direction. Raheem Morris, Jim Caldwell, David Shaw, Ijero Ivero. They've told all four and Ivero was there. Defensive coordinator last year. My name is Ijero Ivero. Thank you, Ben. I'm the coordinator for the Denver Broncos. Ijero Ivero, defensive coordinator for the Denver Broncos. Thank you. Um, Not that any of them are A-list candidates, but Gannon's going back. Looks like D'Amico's coming here. I don't know what happened with them and Peyton. If Peyton looked at the Denver job and said no thanks, or if Denver got turned off by Peyton's whole act. Um, yeah, just basically using it as a, a ratings ploy for Fox Sports. Maybe they didn't uh, they didn't enjoy or appreciate that because Peyton hasn't been asked for a second interview yet that I'm aware of anywhere. Um, yeah, with any of these places. Yep. So, and I don't know. Maybe he's just you know just telling teams that he doesn't want them. I, the, the the Cowboys do not look interested. They did just fire Kellen Moore, yeah. or at least they're not inviting him back, whatever his contract status was. So Mike, Mike McCarthy is going to be calling plays. So I know all the Cowboys fans are stoked about that. That should solve things, yeah. Yeah, that should, that should fix things right around. Old Mikey, Mikey Mack uh, reports, uh, reports out of Green Bay when he and Aaron Rodgers didn't even have the same game plans in their pockets. Yeah. I'm sure everything will be fine. Yeah. The, uh, the reporting on D'Amico Ryans from the national media, I think by and large has been pretty good. Ian Rappaport has kind of been leading the way on this. And he just, hey, Ben, can you pull up the Ian Rappaport from, from uh, a few minutes ago that we played? Just because we got people getting in their cars and, and whatnot. Here was Ian Rappaport a few moments ago on 
Good morning football with the latest on D'Amico Ryans. D'Amico Ryans, who late this week emerged as the favorite for the Houston Texans head coaching job. Of course, his season is over, his team season is over, which is all bad, except it does clear the path for him to be named the Houston Texans head coach at some point later in this week. Here's where it stands. He is considered to be the favorite. The Denver Broncos, who also had significant interest in D'Amico Ryans, after interviewing him, they have received indication that he his attention is headed elsewhere. Houston, of course, where he played, a former second-round linebacker and a former captain there. So he's going to do a second interview with the Texans this week, assuming all goes well, and it should. He will be named the Texans' next head coach, the second hire of this cycle. Okay, so that's that's a pretty clear report, I would say. So Ian Rappaport, that's in line with the things he's been saying over the weekend. Then there's this. Oh. Josina Anderson on Twitter. Yeah. Um, I, I wish she would stop tweeting about the Texans' job uh, or anything Texans-related. You're, you're going to read this yeah. as written. I'm going to read it verbatim. Yes. Verbatim. With, it, with punctuation and everything. Like, punctu- it's just – it's. With- it's yeah. With punctuation and with abbreviations that she uses and I'm not totally sure what they mean. <laughs> I was what is W slash T? Is that with the I I it must be with the Texans. Yeah. Yes, that must be. She invented uh, she's a professional contractor, Sean. Not a contractor, a contractor. Contractor. She, she uses that. contractions. She created that's a yeah, that's an old Gary Gullman. Before thing, I yeah. read this, Seth, real quick, <laughs> there is a W slash I that she uses later as well. Is that within? Within? That, I would typically think so, but it doesn't make sense in this context. It doesn't, okay. but I'm gonna read those I'm gonna read those two contractions as you and I just translated them. Here we go. Josina Anderson, formerly of ESPN, now with I believe CBS HQ. And you can find her on Twitter if you so choose. This is what she tweeted on Friday after the D'Amico to the Texans rumors really started to pick up some steam. Quote, so with D'Amico Ryans, as mentioned before with the Texans and now with Denver, what he has to discern, as I'm told he's heard from some confidants, is, colon, if the timing in either situation truly align within him, is it better to wait on an executive I hear he'd like to work with or pick now? End oh, okay. Quote. You know what? Now that you say it out loud, yeah. I, now I make sense, actually. Um, it only took three days because I'm know, still no, waiting. No, it, so she's clearly using voice to text somehow and then going back and abbreviating it just uh, like quickly to try to get it down okay. below the required characters. Yeah. So uh, Can you translate for me then? The way it's written and with the punctuation, it's almost impossible. And the, the within is uh, the, a, a tricky one there, too. Yeah. Using the, using the newly invented contractions that nobody's ever seen before right is tough so what he has to figure out according to some confidants is whether this timing and situation is truly right for him right now or if it's better to wait on some executive out there that he'd like to work like with. a gm you mean so like a presumably potential? yeah there's an so but that's clear it's or pick now. So it's unclear if that means like he, there's an executive out there he'd like to work with on another team in another situation, or if maybe there's an executive out there that perhaps he would actually want to be the GM for the Texans. Mm-hmm. I'm not quite sure. But basically she's saying D'Amico's not sure if D'Amico's not sure or has to figure out whether this is the right situation. I, okay, so the way you yeah. translate that, and that does make sense, not yeah. the way she typed it, but that, that sentiment makes sense. So what I'm hearing then is – She's saying people near D'Amico are saying, you might want to wait and see if you can find a GM that you 
are totally on board working with. That's what I hear. It sounds it sounds like she's doing a whole lot of the same stuff that Schefter and Rappaport and all these other people do, where they 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 couch everything with a whole bunch of ifs and coulds yeah. and maybes, and um, and then afterwards claim victory no matter what happens because they either hey i said if i said maybe all that yeah look it it is an interesting angle to this because i do think d'amico is one of those candidates who we knew was going to be in high demand we knew didn't have any ties to the patriots so i think there was probably some speculation i I know there was because we talked about it on this show about okay they hired d'amico does that mean it's him and nick casario working together or does that mean that the red button's been pushed and they're just cleaning everything out and they're, they're they're starting over again from scratch to be clear I fully expect that if D'Amico Ryans is hired, it's Nick Casario sitting up there at the desk with him at the press yeah. conference. I don't expect yeah. this to be full sale change with the Texans. I, I don't think so. And I do think, honestly, that Casario and D'Amico will be a very good working pair. I think they both kind of have the right balance of assertiveness and yet also they're, like, they're, genu- they're people who genuinely want to listen. Um, and I think that's one thing that sticks out. It's one of the, the things that people very much lack in life, uh, <laughs> but it sticks out like a sore thumb when somebody has it. Or it sticks out like a non-sore thumb, like a, a good thumb when they have it, which is that uh, I think both Casario and D'Amico Ryans, whenever I've interacted with them um, or when you see them in press conferences, like they're genuinely listening to what people are saying. Yeah. And uh, that's, a, that's a nice thing to have in a, a pair of people that are – trying to form a working relationship. The part that's curious here, Sean, in this Josina Anderson tweet, the part, okay, the middle part is what he has to discern, as I'm told he's heard from some confidants, is, yeah, so that, that's the part that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. I don't, like, is, it, is it her confidence? Are they his confidence? What did he hear from whom? I don't know. She's don't heard know. that some confidants have told him some things, is what it sounds like. So I don't know. This is a good question. Yeah, is it, wait, has he heard that some confidants have told him? I don't know. You're going to make, make people drive off the road in a second. <laughs> he, I'm not doing it. It's Justina Anderson. <laughs> I know. <laughs> There's people probably going, make it stop. Oh, my God. Yeah, sorry, everybody. <laughs> uh, uh, mystery wrapped in an enigma. <laughs> good Good question on the trailer wheel and frame text page. Oh seven five three. Could uh, Ijero Ivero be a potential defensive coordinator hire here? Um, not likely. Well, you'd have to wait and see because he's currently under contract with the Broncos, right? And he's actually interviewed for the Broncos head coaching job. It uh, so. That depends on who the Broncos eventually hire. I'm guessing sometime around June, and uh, they'll <laughs> they'll figure out whether they want to keep Ivero or not. Because you can't just you can't pluck somebody for a lateral move without the permission of the Broncos. Now maybe the Broncos would relinquish him, but um, that is a possibility. They don't. Well, they you know they actually let's see Ivero. The last couple guys he's worked with have been uh, three four based. So Wade Phillips and Brandon Staley and then and then uh, Vic Fangio um, scheme was what they kind of adopted this year. So those are, you know, Wade and Vic do some things differently, but it's basically a 3-4. doesn't matter as much as it used to, but I think Ivero could, Ivero could adapt to a lot of different things. Ivero was a secondary coach, which is um, playing secondary is playing secondary. Yep. So it, it's not as scheme-dependent as the front seven. Um, I am... Just circling back to to Nick and D'Amico for a second, 
I am kind of excited if this happens. I'm excited to see sort of the the marriage of the two schools that each have come from. You know what I mean? D'Amico is a Kubiak, Shanahan tree guy, and Casario is, you know, seemingly died in the wool Patriots, but both seem both seem like guys who would be open to other ideas. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like whatever works. And yeah, so you wonder, like D'Amico knows a lot about that Kubiak-Shanahan West Coast system and has spent a lot of time in there and then also has a lot of, you know, contacts, obviously, and friendships with people in that world to where I think one of the big advantages of that is kind of getting a feel for who's the next Mike McDaniel, who are the, you know, who's this, which one is the good LaFleur, that kind of stuff. Is this the good LaFleur or the bum LaFleur? Oh, it's the bum LaFleur. Damn it. Damn it. We got the bad LaFleur. The bum got, hey, the bum got hired this weekend by Sean McVay. Did you see that? Yeah, I know. The OC in LA now. Yeah, so he's. Yeah, McVay, McVay runs through these coordinators kind of like a. Like a 22-year-old college kid runs through girlfriends. He is practically a 22-year-old college kid, McVay. He's still a young fella. So, yeah, I think that I would – ideally, I think the best would be for them to stay in the Shanahan-Kubiak tree. And because if – look, realistically, D'Amico is going to have to cycle through an offensive coordinator or two if things go well. And if you look at like what Kyle Shanahan has done with the defense out there in San Francisco, hey, Kyle Shanahan's an offensive-minded coach, and yet in the last four years they've had a top defense, a top ten defense, and in several of those years like a top three defense um, in all four of those years. So and he did that by just kind of cultivating a pipeline of coaches. So if you keep with that same theme and a lot of those same concepts, I think it's easier for D'Amico to do that. Ross Tucker was on the sidelines for the NFC title game yesterday for Westwood One. We'll get his thoughts on that game, the Super Bowl matchup, and D'Amico Ryans to the Texans. Our good friend Ross Tucker, our Odyssey NFL insider, joins us next. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. All right, he was on the sidelines for Westwood One for the NFC title game yesterday. And he joins us now. Of course, you can get his podcast, the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. You can get him on Twitter. At Ross Tucker NFL. Get to myfrontpagestory.com too before we're done talking to him as well. That's a pretty cool thing. Ross Tucker joining us here on Sports Radio 610. How you doing, Ross? I'm doing pretty awesome. Yeah. I mean, um, I will say this. That game yesterday that I was on the sidelines for, that's a bummer. I mean, now you guys know I'm from outside of Philly. So all my friends and family are so excited. So the next two weeks will be cool just because everybody's all happy. There really is, and I'm sure you guys have experienced this with the Astros. It's such an interesting thing that I'm sure somebody's done a a study on it. There is nothing that galvanizes a city like a pro sports team. You know, people are like, you know, there's Republicans, there's Democrats. Yesterday, nobody cared what political affiliation you were nobody cared about your religion it was like eighty thousand people that were all hugging each other it's like the major league movie you know where the yuppie hugs like the uh the punk rocker yeah, yeah. It, it's just uh it's awesome i mean it, it really is awesome and you know for me doing all the eagles things i do i'm i'm very happy personally for the next two weeks for me for what that means but i also say this I was on the Niners sideline most of the game. I always do that because the away team sideline has less people. And also, I uh, I try to get as much TV time as I can. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I saw you. Text messages. Charlie yeah. Weiss texted me twice. Uh, head coach of Colgate texted me. They said I should have caught the one pass that threw out of bounds. Anyway, I really felt bad for the Niners players. Like, Debo Samuel's over there volunteering to return the kick, like doing anything he can to try to get the Niners back in it. McCaffrey's a warrior. Fred Warner, Bosa, like those guys, you know, they work. Seth and I know how much they put into that. McCaffrey's never been to a Super Bowl. And to be in the second half of a championship game, and you don't have a quarterback hmm. that can throw a forward pass. I mean, yeah. I've never seen anything like it. I really haven't. We only, the only thing we've seen like it was when uh, twice this year the Texans played Malik Willis and they didn't want to let him throw any forward passes. So, uh, yeah, like if the Texans were playing if – the, if the Chiefs had Malik Willis in the game, that's what it would have looked like too. So I, I, I would say this though too, Ross. I mean, we were talking about this earlier. I think there's earned injuries and unearned injuries. Like sometimes you might just get lucky because your opponent's quarterback gets injured – the Eagles in that game had earned injuries on the 49ers quarterbacks, you know, and that's a, against a team in the 49ers that kind of bully guys all year long. So I feel like the Eagles earned those injuries. And part of it was that Kyle Shanahan was using 
basically lay people off the streets in the form of tight ends to try to block Hassan Reddick. What did you think of that? You know what, Seth? That's a great point that I am going to use the rest of the week in all my media <laughs> stuff. Because, no, you're, you're right. No, you're right. Because while I feel bad for the Niners players, and while it was unfortunate, the Eagles earned those injuries. I mean, that's why you pay Hassan Reddick. And that, that's why you pay a couple years ago Hargrave. That's why you bring in Indomitian Sue. Like, you know, and by the way, I have no idea, first of all, why the Niners were even throwing the ball that much. Their O-line is not set up for that. And the Eagles' D-line is unbelievably talented. And then you're right. How many times, you know, the one sack, he tried to have a wide receiver block Hassan Reddick. When Johnson came in the game and ran like a bootleg, Hassan Reddick just smashed Josh Johnson. It was like Jawan Jennings was trying to, like, fake crack him, and then Kittle was coming over. All of that, all of those false keys are awesome when they work, but when they don't work, it's a major, major problem. Yeah. Ross Tucker joining us here on Sports Radio 610. Ross, the last time we talked to you, you had a lot of good things to say about Jonathan Gannon, who at that time was the favorite for the Texans head coaching job. Sounds like Gannon's going back to Philly, and part of that may be tied to the fact that it sounds like D'Amico Ryans is going to be the next coach of the Texans. Is there anything that you can share with us that you learned, either in production meetings for this game or being on the San Francisco sideline or just your own observations on what kind of hire D'Amico Ryans would be for the Texans? Yeah, so um, what I can tell you about D'Amico, and I'm sure it's the same way in Houston, he's like, he wasn't even in Philadelphia that long as a player, but they love him. I mean, they like the Eagles organization, mm-hmm. like adores him. He was Chip Kelly's favorite player, pretty much, when he was in um, Philadelphia. You guys got to Google this, okay? Um, you got to Google this. Chip Kelly one time was describing how much he loved um, D'Amico Ryans, and he was calling him the leader of the team. And I think he called him Simba. He called him, like, the wrong name from the Lion King, right? Like, <laughs> like, like he, he was trying to give him a really good compliment. Um, no, he called him Mufasa. Mufasa. Mufasa like the bad guy. He's the bad guy. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So you got to look this up because Chip Kelly either called him Simba or Mufasa yeah. or whatever, and it was just hilarious because Chip Kelly's like, you know, he's like our Mufasa. <laughs> <laughs> A heel. <laughs> but what I will tell you is, uh, I will tell you in all sincerity, I mean, what he did this year with the Niners defense is incredible. And I always love, this is the point where people go, oh, yeah, but look how many good players they have. That's the stupidest thing you can say. Like, show me a number one ranked, run def- number one ranked defense that doesn't have good players. Like, when, people, when people say that, yeah, but look how many good players they have. Okay, well, show me the team that has all kinds of success without having good players because I've never seen it. Um, so, yeah, the fact that the Texans are bringing them back, the fact that, you know, he was so well-regarded, in the Eagles organization. I mean, it sounds like the guy's a, a home run hire. Um, yeah, the, the Mufasa, it's funny, uh, the Mufasa thing has been written about, like, there's so many people that wrote about the Mufasa thing that it's hard to find the exact quote. Um, but yeah, basically, a whole lot of quotes about 
Chip Kelly having deemed D'Amico Ryan's Mufasa. But then, but then one of D'Amico's friends, I think, got it wrong again because he said, when I see people calling him Mufasa, that's the perfect name. Because, <laughs> <laughs> because if you were with Mufasa, you were not worried about anything. It's his calmness. That's his base. <laughs> Nobody knows who Mufasa is. The headline, the headline I'm looking at, Ross, Chip, Ke- this is from 2014. Chip Kelly completely misunderstands the plot of Lion King. <laughs> that's the headline. <laughs> what is that? So wait a minute. What is the original dad's name that dies? Good question. Who is Simba's dad? dad. This is when Ben normally gets in our ear and tells us that. Oh, okay. I thought Mufasa was the bad guy. It is Mufasa. Okay. Scar is the bad guy. Scar is the bad guy. Oh, so he is Mufasa. So we're the idiots that don't understand. Thanks a lot, Ross. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, no, the flip side is. you know, Mufasa dies, so maybe that's not the that best. That could be. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> maybe that's not the best one either. That is true. He Boy, does. I'm not going to check the text line now. <laughs> Boy, All the Disney enthusiasts are going to come after. I'm worse than Osai. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, uh, speaking of which, I don't know, Ross, if you were flying on an airplane at that time or not. Oh, I guess not. You probably drove home. So, um, Osai pushing Pat Mahomes at the end of the game to put them into easy field goal range. Can you think of a worse mistake that, to make that you have to live with for the next six months um, than, than that right there. I feel like that's worse than Bill Buckner letting the ball go through his through his feet. Or was that Mufasa? Whichever guy let the ball go through his feet. Um, because it's so, just so such I a... Gotta, I, I gotta ask you this, Seth, because I, yeah. I haven't played defense since my freshman year of college. Okay? Mm-hmm. But he was running as fast as he could. Yeah. Osai was, right? And he knows Mahomes is trying to go for the first down. You're not looking at the sideline. You're looking at the guy you're chasing. I guess I just feel like, uh, and I don't know how many plays you made, you know, uh, you weren't exactly known as a sideline to sideline guy, Seth. No, uh, actually, it was, um, Ross. So, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, that's actually no, so, no, I made No, honestly, I made a lot of plays. I feel on the like sideline. it would be really yeah. hard. When you're running, like, even, like, think about just what it's like you have a helmet on. You're running as fast as you can. Yeah. It's probably pretty hard to know exactly, you know, where you are on the field. It's, and it's, well, two things. One is that Mahomes definitely flopped. Like, it was a legit flop because there was contact. But, you know, he threw his hands up in the air. or uh, He threw his hands above his head on the ground and everything. Um, But, yeah, Osai also put his hands on his teammate at the same time, where I do think it was – instinctively it was a little bit of a combination of like, ah, I'm just going to shove him anyway, but also like I kind of got to try to slow down here. Um, so, But it was just, you just got to know better these days. I think he definitely knew where he was. I've hit guys out of bounds before, and it's just the weirdest thing in the world. It's almost like you leave your body and you observe yourself doing it. And, like, you're in disbelief afterwards. I remember doing it once when I was in, like, eighth grade, and I was almost, like, I was doing the, you know, I was doing the teenage kid thing where I was, I was claiming that I didn't do it, and I believed that I didn't do it, even though I knew I did it. So it just, yeah, you're like, uh, you just, you just lose your mind for a, a millisecond. Ross Tucker. Yeah, I was not fast enough to ever hit a guy out of bounds. <laughs> <laughs> well, be glad. I, I definitely hit some guys late, but never out of bounds. Yeah, I'm watching it again on the monitor in here. It's just, yeah, and he and, and Osai immediately goes down holding his knee. <laughs> Wait and see. I don't know if he really got hurt or if he just had hurt feelings at that point that he saw the, the yellow flag. Hey, Ross, before we get you out of here, myfrontpagestory.com. I'm looking at the calendar. Valentine's Day is 
Two weeks from tomorrow. Two weeks away. Yeah, two weeks away. Yeah, Yeah, it's two weeks away. And I think I told you guys last time, I got you a code, your own code, Houston 10. Yep. Which, by the way, I got to check with my guy that started the company, but I know at least a couple people use, so that's amazing. I've been telling everybody about this lately. Myfrontpagestory.com. It looks like it's on the cover of the Houston Chronicle. It's beautiful, framed. It's a picture of, like, you and your wife. It's a story written entirely about your significant other and how great she, he or she, but how great she is. I've just seen so many videos at this point where they cry as they read the quotes. I have no idea why reading quotes from your husband that say how much he, how, how much he loves you, I don't know why reading that is so impactful as opposed to like your husband just telling you that. It's almost like when your husband just says that to you, you think he's just trying to butter you up or he wants to hook up or whatever, right? Like he just pulled it, whatever. It's like if you see it in print, it's like, wait a minute. He actually put this in print. Like this is in writing. He can never take this away. It's amazing. It really is. And honestly, like the cool thing about it is, like everyone I know that's got one, it, they hang it up in their house. So it's like, it's the gift that keeps on giving. Your wife sees it every day. You get in an argument, you'd be like, oh, did you have a story written all about me? Oh, no, you didn't. I had that written about you. Yeah. That's <laughs> you know what it is? Yeah, it's the equivalent of the world's greatest dad t-shirt, which feels like it wouldn't mean much to a mom because they, they're not wired the same way as uh, I get, uh, us. But, like, yeah, I, that's, that's exactly. Words are big. It's a much big. more eloquent, thoughtful um, world's greatest dad t-shirt. That's right. Myfrontpagestory.com. Use the code Houston10 so that they know Seth and Sean are the man. There you go. Houston10, myfrontpagestory.com, and we are getting killed on the text page for our is lack that, of Lion King knowledge. Right a bunch now. of Mufasas. <laughs> hey, is it Houston, is it 1-0 or T-E-N? Oh, good question. Houston 1-0. Okay, Houston there you go. Houston okay, 1-0. Gotcha. Thank you, Seth. There you go. Good. I need to, yes, thank you. Houston 1-0. Houston, the number 10 right there. Okay, so there you go. Hey, Ross, Mufasa we appreciate, 10. appreciate you. Appreciate you making <laughs> Scar Wait a minute. Yeah. I, So I was going to, when the Texans hire him, I was going to make a Chip <laughs> Kelly joke. But now the Mufasa is not quite, because Mufasa was like the leader. Mufasa he was the leader. Was the he was the leader, but he died. That's what everybody's bringing up. Like this text, he's Simba's dead dad. That was the first text we got. Yeah, he, he like he's like our Mufasa, which right. means what, Chip? Like he's gonna die soon? Like, right. They have a good succession plan. There you go. Yeah. So Scar was he See, guys. See you, Ross. Yeah. Take it easy. Ross Tucker joining us on the program. All right, there it is. So My front page Maybe the rule is that if you call somebody a Mufasa, they're like they're they're gonna they're gonna let somebody like Scar have control or powers. I, now I gotta go watch the Lion King. Lion I King's slept good. Through that like twenty-seven times. Oh no, the Lion King. I like cousins. the Lion King. I like the Lion yeah. King. Oh right. yeah, it sounds like you really loved it. I did. I just it's, forgot the it, names. That's all. It's you know. I I, I remember enjoying <laughs> myself. It's been a while. All right, uh, we'll do some headlines, including we'll obviously get to D'Amico Ryan's, and we'll get to the conference title games. Um, if you are a college quarterback enthusiast for the Houston Texans, we've got some key dates for you coming up in the next few weeks. Pro days for prospects. We've got those for you next. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. 
because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Medela. If you've persevered through... You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame. Two more rings, two more. You deserve this ice cold reward. Medela, the markable fighter. Drink responsibly, beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Live from the Twin Peaks studios, Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. Right, we'll get the headlines in just a second. Busy weekend. It's going to be a busy few days, hopefully, for the. Texans here hiring a new head coach. We'll get to that in just a moment. Hey, real quick, some Ooh. dates to circle on the calendar here. And this will oh, be, oh. be very easy because it's all back-to-back-to-back. Pro-day dates? Pro-day dates, yep. Uh, There's one thing I've learned about pro-days. They're everything. That you should always overreact to them. Yes. And if somebody throws over a broom, then that guy is destined for greatness and or Vegas in a disguise. It is a uh, it is a it's a good thing you brought that up because just to temper the whole uh, you know to, to Don't temper, temper it, anything. Okay, remember Malik Willis's pro day last year. So, anyways, um, I remember Zach Wilson. Do you remember the highlight films of Zach Wilson's circus throws? It's circus. It's all circus throws and broomsticks these days, my friend. Yep. If you don't yep. have circus throws and broomsticks, then you're not going to make it in this. Johnny league. Manziel, the Bush family showed up at it. He he did his yeah. workout with music and a helmet on. That was the broomsticks pass? too. It was yeah. the broomsticks. Yeah. The Bush family. Yeah. <laughs> it's big, dude. It was like, uh, it was thought, like Mardi Gras. Who thought HW is going to end up having like a. a that was one of the worst PR blunders he's ever had was showing up at the Manziel Pro Johnny Manziel's Pro Day. Here are the Pro Days you need to know. All right in a row. So this will be fun. In about the middle of March, uh, March 22nd, C.J. Stroud. March 23rd, Bryce Young. March 24th, Will Levis. Boy, if I know sports media, that is going to end up being fun. That'll be a fun three days on television. They've got – come on, guys. You've got some – You've got some lead-up time to this. You can turn this into an actual event. Yeah, what am you know? I doing tempering things? You're right. Let's I, get I jacked. I don't know. I don't yeah. know. I mean, I was jo- I was making fun of it, but we know. Just like, look, look, Sean. Sean, there are multiple people right this moment who are gleefully and gladfully uh, and openly becoming hypocrites by uh, a week ago. A week ago, 
they were plotting uh, against Cal McNair, and now all of a sudden they're uh, like retweeting memes of him as um as as a gangster. Yes, because because Cal McNair might be bringing D'Amico Ryan's back into the pool. Be a huge. Of move. course, you should overreact. Yes, go back on your word. What am I it's saying? Sports, man? baby. What, what am I thinking? Oh my god. Um, real quick before we get to headlines, trailer wheel and frame text page. Uh, thank you. We're getting crushed over us mixing up Mufasa and Scar from The Lion King. I blame Ross Tucker for even bringing it up. 7863, it's from Cinco. Uh, listening to you guys talk about The Lion King is like listening to Romo yesterday all over again. It's, it's, a, it's that bad. It's accurate. It really is. You know, yeah. It was pretty accurate. Uh, uh, everyone on the text page is Mufasa to Seth. Dead to him. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you're yeah. not. No. I knew I was wrong. Yeah. I was like Osai on the no. sideline with my head in my hands. That's what I did during the break. I I just uh, I just I sat there with my head in my hands. Sean, I went back and I'm cutting up a little thing, a little video of Osai that penalty and afterwards, they they went to him on the bench, crying or with his head in hands or being consoled by teammates at least eight times during the post game there. And that's in like a five-minute period, a four- or five-minute period. They go to a Chiefs player, then they go back to Osai, then they go to a Chiefs player. So that was me. I will tell you this. I look forward to that video coming out. I, uh, yeah. I, look, I, I will say this. Not all of Osai's teammates felt that way. Yeah, I hadn't seen that. One of his teammates was screaming at him. We will – not at him. Let's get to it here because it's, it's, it, we'll do it in headlines here. We'll okay. start off with the NFL playoffs – in headlines, we'll get to D'Amico after that. Let's do headlines. Payne and Pendergast with today's headlines. Brought to you by BaywayJeep.com. Okay, so let's start there. The AFC title game. We'll work backwards. In the late game yesterday, the Kansas City Chiefs beat the Bengals 23-20. to um, it, it was a an exciting game, a close game. Kansas City finally gets the Joe Burrow hex you know, just uh, eradicated, and they win 23-20. to The big game-changing play at the end of the game the, the play that provided the Chiefs with enough yardage to get into a reasonable field goal range to kick the game-winning field goal was a, an unnecessary roughness penalty on Bengals rookie Joseph Osai, who shoved Patrick Mahomes out of bounds as Mahomes was running to the sidelines on a scramble. If he hadn't touched him, then the game is probably over. The, the, the Bengals, uh, or I'm sorry, the Chiefs, would have it would have been a, a field goal north of 60 yards, I believe. Instead, it's a 15-yard penalty... And it was yes, a, if he hadn't touched him, it probably would have gone into overtime. Yeah, it would have gone into overtime. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like they would, like the field goal attempt would have been a it would have been a really long field goal yeah. attempt. Game probably goes to overtime. So, um, but it was a penalty by the letter of the law. I know there's a lot of people that that don't like the fact the game was decided on that, but it is what it is. I don't have a huge problem with it. Osai shouldn't have touched him. Um, as Seth mentioned a moment ago. What we saw on camera on CBS was Osai, some of Osai's teammates coming over and consoling him. At times, by him, he was by himself, face in hands. He was, he was just overcome with with sadness and and sorrow over the fact that he committed the penalty that sent the Chiefs to the Super Bowl and prevented the Bengals from getting their back to back. Not all of his teammates apparently felt that way, though. This is audio. Let me put you in the moment here. You know, there's those cameras down in the, the hallway leading to the locker room set that catches the team kind yeah. of coming in single file from yeah. the field. You know, coaches and, and players coming in from the field. 
you're going to hear the voice of Jermaine Pratt, who is a teammate of Joseph Osai's on the defense. He's a linebacker for the Bengals. He's not yelling this at Osai. Osai, I believe, is probably still out sitting on the bench at this point, face in hands. But Pratt is just walking into the locker room, just screaming whoever who, to whoever will hear him this. Oh, you're not good. This is my last year. Why the fuck Okay. Hard to make it out a little bit, but he at the end there is the part where he's like, don't touch the quarterback. What was he saying at the beginning? I thought Couldn't he said tell. That's my, this is my last year. Or oh, is that what he like, said? Play one I don't more know. time. It's quick. Who Play, was it? Play, Who was it? Jermaine that? Pratt. Okay. Oh, not good. This is my last year. Yep. Yep, that's what he said. This is my bleeping last year. Don't touch the quarterback. He's 26 years old. I don't think it's his last year. Probably his last year with the Bengals, maybe. He might be a free agent. I don't know. That's probably what he means. So, regardless, he was upset. Yeah. Why the bleep bleep would you touch the quarterback as the um, at least one person's? uh, Okay. Okay. This is what he says. It's the last bleeping series. What the bleep? Why the bleep? Did you touch the quarterback? Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> so it's the last It's the last series. Yeah, well, Needless to say, it. translation aside, Jermaine Pratt, very, very angry. Um, I don't know. How do you, Seth, if you were a teammate of Joseph Osai's, how would you have processed that whole thing? Would you Would you have gone over to him? Would you stay away okay. from him? Would you have been angry at him? How, how would you have processed it, it, it? A lot of it depends on whether he's, uh, if he's a can't-get-right type of guy. If, he, if he's continually doing stupid stuff like this, then I'm going to stay pissed at him. That's what Pratt sounded like. He was he he sounded like Pratt was saying, "I can't believe Osai did another, another stupid thing." I have no idea. Osai had, had a hell of a game up to that point. He did. It's it's unfortunate. One of the reasons it was still tied, despite I mean, for much of that game, the first half especially, it felt like Kansas City was beating the crap out of the Bengals, and yet there they were within a score. Yep. Um, yeah, I, it depends. It depends if it's if it's out of character for Osai, then I think he gets a pass. If he's constantly doing dumb stuff in practice or in games, then that's a different deal. Um, Patrick Mahomes is making history, and if he wins the Super Bowl, obviously that'll even add to his legacy. hes It's really hard to believe. He's only in his fifth year as a starting quarterback in the NFL. He's been to the AFC title game every season he's been a starting quarterback. The only two, he's 3-2 and two in those AFC title games, and both of the losses are in overtime. <laughs> both of the overtime loss to the Patriots – his first year as the starter, the game you mentioned earlier, Seth, that if D4 doesn't line up offsides, Mahomes is in four Super Bowls in five years. He's been in, he's been to three of the last four, of course, lost in overtime to the Bengals last year. By winning yesterday, he, he's gone to three of the last four Super Bowls. Only six other quarterbacks in the history of the league have ever done that, gone to three Super Bowls in four years. All of them are Hall of Famers or going to be Hall of Famers. I'm surprised there's six. Okay. Fran Tarkenton. I know him. Went 0-3 in those Super Bowls. <laughs> Roger, Roger Staubach. I know him. Went 1-2 in those Super Bowls. Mostly known for his commercial real estate business. John Elway. Wait, what did he go in those Super Bowls? He, Staubach went 1-2. 1-2, okay. 1-2. Uh, he lost to the Steelers twice. Uh, John Elway. 0-3 in those three Super Bowls. These are the three yeah. Super Bowls early in his career. Got blown out in all of them. And then he went to just be money in Super Bowls. He later did. On. He did. Yeah. Jim Kelly went to four straight yeah. Super Bowls, 0-4. Yeah. So, yeah. so far, it's not gone well once these guys have gotten to the Super Bowl. It gets better here, though. Troy Aikman, 3-0 and in Super Bowls. 
And Tom Brady did it multiple times. He did it in the first four years of his starting career with the Patriots. And then he did it again, went to the Super Bowl actually four out of five years at the end of his career, towards the end of his career, three with the Patriots, and then that one with the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But those are all Hall of Famers, and Patrick Mahomes is doing things that Hall of Famers only do. So of that group, Fran Tarkenden and Jim Kelly are the guys that had a run of dominance within their division, within their conference, but didn't win a Super Bowl. Correct. Who's more highly regarded in uh, in history, Jim Kelly or Fran Tarkenden? I would say I, that's it's tough because I, you know, you and I both grew up in the Jim yeah. Kelly era, and it's a bigger publicity era. The NFL is just was just bigger business, yeah. so I would say Jim Kelly. I think I don't know. I think Fran Tarkenden is more thought of as like a. I mean, those Bills teams were stacked and loaded. That's what I don't know about Fran Tarkenton's teams, whether, how stacked and loaded they were. I'll say this. Fran Tarkenton, was a, he was a crossover star at one point. He, yeah, he, was, yeah. he was a host of That's Incredible back in the day. Remember the show That's Incredible? It was a it was a is Monday show. About the, is that the one about the guy that gets angry and turns into a? No, that's the Incredible um, Hulk. No, no, no. That's Incredible, incredible Mufasa. The Incredible. No, no. That's Lion King. Okay. Um, that no. That's Incredible is a show. It was Fran Tarkenton, John Davidson, and Kathy Lee Crosby. Is John Davidson, the one that was made out of a six million dollars of parts. No, that's Lee Majors. Silly. Okay. No, no. And it's not David Hasselhoff either. I know that's coming. Okay. Um, so that's Incredible. What was it? Did they? Was it kind of like they would go around and show amazing things? Yeah, but, I, I but, vaguely but, remember. But it was all in studio. They 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 had people. Okay. They invited people into studio and they did amazing things. Either oh, like, like a talent with, show. Yeah, like with trained animals or science okay. experiments or things like that. So it was that. almost like America's Got Talent, but not a not a, a contest. Yeah, but, yeah, but not like singing okay. and dancing or anything. It's like it was okay. it was like America's oh. it was like America's Got Talent, but for like freak show parlor tricks and stuff like that kind of just discovered my youtube rabbit <laughs> yes, hole i'll be yeah. on later on france harkinson oh was one of the hosts of that's incredible was he really i, I, I you know what i think so i who knows With this mufasa <laughs> scar thing i might have been thinking of len dawson i have no idea some quarterback from back in the day i'm pretty sure it was tarkenton though so that's incredible is when all the network stars would get together and race that's each other and battle stuff. of the network and, uh, stars oh stop okay. it <laughs> Stop it! That's All incredible. Right. Was the ski crash that they used at the beginning of the uh, the wide <laughs> world of sports? I, you yeah. know what? I'm enjoying this though because I feel like it's a pop quiz on shows of my youth. <laughs> sports pop culture from the dude. 70s. The intro to Wide World of Sports was the jam. That was good back in the day. I miss that. Yeah, I did things too. were better then. They were. They, they really weren't, but there was a that was a yeah. Gas was like gas was like three bucks a gallon back then, which was a lot back then was. for the for now, yeah. <laughs> As opposed to now, <laughs> nothing. All right, yeah. um, so that was the AFC title game, NFC title game, not nearly as dramatic as the the AFC title game. This this game was pretty much over the second that Hassan Reddick came off the edge and twisted Brock Purdy's arm in a weird contorted position. And it was on after it was it was curtains after that. Uh, the Eagles beat the San Francisco 49ers 31 to seven. The final score. The Brock Purdy injury took place in the first quarter. That brought in Josh Johnson, who's played for practically every team in the NFL and in a couple of other leagues as well. He was exactly what you thought Josh Johnson would be in that game. He ends up getting hurt. He gets concussed. Yeah. So now you got Brock Purdy who can't throw because his throwing arm isn't working. Um, this was a just a very workmanlike uh, thrashing of the San Francisco 49ers by I, the Eagles. I think there are two things about this game where you might be tempted to make an excuse. 
Um, and one of them might be valid, but one is, okay, the 49ers had both their quarterbacks injured, and their starting quarterback is actually their third-string quarterback to begin with. Those were those were forced injuries by the Eagles. The Eagles earned those injuries. They hit the quarterbacks after destroying s- uh, sketchy blocking schemes in, by the 49ers. You could, you could hold... Uh, Kyle Shanahan to blame for for some of that. So they're forced injuries. The other part of it was, if this were a closer game, and I were a 49ers fan, I would be really upset about some of the penalties that were called on the secondary. Um, Just because, you know, the, the 49ers have been a very physical secondary all year, and they've largely done a good job of Toeing the line, like kind of like the old page before Peyton and his um and his daddy started whining, not his daddy daddy, but uh, Tony Dundee started whining and crying to the league about the way the Patriots were playing right. pass coverage. The the 49ers were doing a lot of that this year, playing very physical, but getting away with it because the officials were allowing it. Then all of a sudden yesterday, the officials decided we're going to have clean and pure football, like Peyton Manning's still playing football or something, and we need to give him every benefit. And uh, it was weird. So uh, yeah, a lot of those a lot of those pass interference and defensive holding calls yesterday, I think in both games were kind of garbage. But I'm not going to blame. I'm not going to blame the 49ers' loss on the the poor officiating. It's just it was annoying to have to watch some of it. Yeah, I um I was hoping at that point once Brock Purdy went down, uh, I'm like okay, I, I'm kind of rooting for the I'm kind of rooting for the Eagles because I want D'Amico Ryan's to become available as quickly as possible, but I wanted it to be like a close, tight defensive game, so I wouldn't like have to... somehow like seven to nothing in the yeah, the yeah. Eagles. Like it, yeah. look, they look the 49ers could have gotten blown out forty-two to seven, and it's not going to make me feel any differently about D'Amico Ryan's. I think he's going to be a really good head coach in the league. I just didn't want to deal with the Twitter replies and the texts <laughs> of like, "Oh, you guys still in on D'Amico now after yesterday?" I actually went out searching for that last night, and I was kind of pleasantly surprised that for the most part there weren't that many idiots that like because there are some people there are some people that just no make no you make no excuses because uh, I don't care if you're going up against the most complete and balanced team in the NFL uh, <laughs> well well uh, having an offense that can't even throw the football I thought there were going to be more people that were making that argument but there really weren't I mean there's just there's only so much you can do in an effort like that where in the first half other than the other than the one field goal drive it was or no the other than the touchdown drive for Christian McCaffrey it was all three and outs and six and outs yeah. it was yeah. um there was just there's no support at all from the offense through three quarters the 49ers had run like 38 plays yeah. or less it was really <laughs> it was just it, it, there's no way versus that Eagles team that a defense is going to hold up McCaffrey like needed to break four tackles to get that touchdown also like that was that was all him he should yeah. have been tackled in the backfield yeah. and he was able to break tackle. by the way you're listening to KLT KLT HD2 and Odyssey Station let's get to D'Amico Ryans here um, those of you uh, just waking up probably if you are plugged in at all to the news cycle this weekend know that um, reports are that the Texans and D'Amico Ryans appear to be close to consummating a deal that will make him the next Texans head coach. We are uh, waiting to see when, if and when, that becomes official. D'Amico, the reports were he was going to be lining up a second interview this week, and I had seen other reports that said that second interview could turn into a job offer from the Texans. This would be a great day if it does indeed happen. The latest 
Ian Rappaport, NFL Network, this morning on Good Morning Football. D'Amico Ryans, who late this week emerged as the favorite for the Houston Texans head coaching job. Of course, his season is over, his team season is over, which is all bad, except it does clear the path for him to be named the Houston Texans head coach at some point later in this week. Here's where it stands. He is considered to be the favorite. The Denver Broncos, who also had significant interest in D'Amico Ryans, after interviewing him, they have received indication that he his attention is headed elsewhere. Houston, of course, where he played, a former second-round linebacker and a former captain there. So he's going to do a second interview with the Texans this week, assuming all goes well, and it should. He will be named the Texans' next head coach, the second hire of this cycle. All the signs seem to be pointing to D'Amico Ryan's getting hired. John McClain had a slew of tweets last night on this that seemed to point in that direction, talking about D'Amico to the Texans. Ian Rappaport's reports that he's had and the other national reports have all seemed to indicate that something should, the words should have been used as opposed to could quite a bit with this. Um, if we're reading other tea leaves with all this, Jonathan Gannon, who for most of this hiring cycle has been the favorite, I mean, last Thursday he was the favorite in Vegas to become the next Texans head coach. After the Eagles win over the San Francisco 49ers, he was being interviewed on the field by Fox 29 in Philadelphia and said this. Uh, might be your last one here because no, you might get the call. No, Philly, Philly, Philly's keeping me. We're good, bad, or indifferent. I'm staying here. All right, so, Seth, you watched that video. Was that a heat of the moment? Just, no, 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 I don't want to talk about that. Or do you think Jonathan Gannon legitimately is telling – uh, Nick Sirianni, I'll be back with you next year, pal. I think he's. Uh, I think he's saying that he's going to be back with them next year because yeah. there's no. This isn't like college where there's a reason to be dishonest about it. You just kind of accept most of the time that all right, a coach is going to claim that he's not leaving no matter what because they've got to worry about recruiting. They've got to worry about all these other things um, where that's not the case here. I think he would have said he would have given the very boring but uh, you know standard. Hey, well, no, you know, we're focused on right now. I'm focused on the next week or two. That's all we care about right now. Whatever happens after that, so be it. Um, so, yeah, I think that I think I'm pretty sure that means he's staying in Philadelphia. The other bit of news surrounding oh, no. the oh god, go ahead, no, no, go ahead. Unless unless Denver, I mean, because Denver, <laughs> nobody knows what the hell Denver's doing right now. Whatever, as well as a couple other teams too. Yeah, that, that's exactly where I was going to go yeah. with Denver. Is that Denver? But the reports are Denver has moved on to other candidates. Yeah. That that they've they've gotten the impression that D'Amico is is ready to go to ready to come back to Houston. So this I mean, this has a chance to be a, a great day. McLean tweeted this, Seth. I'm curious, do you feel like this is hyperbole? Tweeted this yesterday uh, afternoon, yesterday evening. Hiring D'Amico Ryans will be the most popular decision the McNair family has made since Bob McNair outbid LA for the expansion franchise for Houston. Basically, what he's saying is it would be the most popular decision in the history of the franchise since they became a thing. Let's see. Would that be the most popular move? Drafting J.J. Watt was not popular. Um, Drafting Andre Johnson was popular, but it wasn't, you know, at that point, there wasn't anything. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm struggling to think of anything. Every now and then, they'll announce that they're going to open the roof. That's popular. It is popular. And then some, but then they sometimes it doesn't work out, so that's unpopular. What about? Hey, let me let me give you a recent one. What about firing yeah. Jack Easterby? Hmm, I don't know. No, because I think a lot of people felt like, okay, that's good that he seems to have been a problem with the team, and yet there's 
it's not like that was the only problem with the team and that's all you had to do, like the actual hiring. So I don't know. That was um, – or maybe that – I don't know. I, don't, I try not to be too jubilant about the negative stuff, which is, you know, firing somebody's a pretty negative thing. So I know I think there was still trepidation. I don't think people saw the firing of Jack Easterby as, oh, wow, it's a whole new era. Yeah. I think they felt like, okay, well, let's see where this goes. I, I, that's cool, but let's see where this goes. I'm 100% with you. Yeah. I'm just spitballing as to things that might fall into this category because I agree with John. I do think this would be the most popular thing. And I think one of the, one of the measures of that will be – and I'll be anxious to talk to our friends over there in the ticket office, will be if and when they hire D'Amico Ryans, does that equate to people coming back to the team? Does that equate to people who had been season ticket holders or who have thought about being a season ticket holder? Does that equate to them coming back to the building? I don't think there's a hire, Seth, that they could make for head coach of this team that would galvanize the fan base, the player alum, the building itself over there, which we know, you know, there's... You know, there's a lot of dark clouds hanging over the building over there over the last couple years. Um, This is the highest ceiling move they could make in the moment. And it it remains to be seen if D'Amico Ryans is going to be a good head coach in the NFL. He seems to check a lot of boxes, and he sure seems to be well-liked. But for for a fan base in a city that's been pretty beat up over the last three years, when this happens, if this happens, when this happens, hopefully when, it's going to be a really, really good day. We haven't had a lot of those over the last few years. Yeah, no, it'll be. Um, yeah, I don't. Yeah, does it stoke season ticket sales? I saw somebody yesterday ask whether this means that he'll be able to sell his season tickets for more money now. So I don't, maybe that's where people are with it. They uh, they're like, well, it's a different type of season ticket sales. That's the sale in the secondary market. Um, um, no, I think there there are a lot of people that are genuinely excited about it, and it's it's it, it's hard because if you want to talk about it rationally. It's like, okay, like anybody that you hire as a coach, you just flat out don't know how they're going to be as a coach until you do. I feel very, very good about it. Um, I do think one of the best things about this D'Amico hire is that I think he will be afforded a longer grace period than perhaps some other guys have, particularly if they were to, if they were to hire somebody from the, the Patriots tree. Uh, it would have been a, a grace period of about three games before people were out on it again. I think D'Amico, uh, without, you know, I don't, think it, I don't think he needs to go on a Tom Herman-like publicity campaign or anything. I think it's just going to be that uh, he, in his persona and the way he operates, um, that that there's a certain calm about it and a certain patience about it that I think it'll be good for the fan base. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. 
Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? You spend it here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. 